Welcome to Sandra Ray's Fiercely Spiritual Podcast, episode 33. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Fiercely Spiritual Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Ray, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Amy Wall. Amy is a journalist, a Reiki master, and an intuitive card reader and using a unique brand of tarot mixed with healing, channeling, and oracle cards, Amy gives inspiring and empowering multi-level readings designed to help you live your dream life. So you're so welcome, Amy, and it's so lovely to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm really excited to chat today. I'm so interested in tarot. And to be honest, I don't have like a great knowledge of tarot. I use angel cards, I use oracle cards, but tarot is probably a little bit more of a mystery. It's not something that I'm trained in or that I've used that much. But before we get into all that good stuff, I wanted to talk about your journey to getting here because as I mentioned, you're a journalist and you are, you know, obviously into the healing and cards and readings and you're intuitive. So I'd love to just chat about how you went from journalism to this because it seems that it's very different. So maybe. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you could say that. All right. Yeah. Um, so I suppose for me, this is something that has nearly always been in my life. So um, like as a kid, I would have been a um, very intuitive kid. I would have always wanted to have been outside. And then um, my first experience with tarot kind of came when um, I was about 13 years old, 12, 13. And there's a lot of, I suppose, like old wives tales about tarot and they say that if you're meant to be a tarot reader you'll get gifted your first deck um personally I don't buy into any of this I think if you want to learn tarot find a deck you love go buy it yourself um but in my case weirdly enough I was gifted the deck when I was about 12 or 13 and it came from my mum which was very surprising because my mum is not spiritual at all and she arrived home from town one day with this deck and um it's like there wasn't lightning didn't strike but as soon as I was handed this deck it was like this thing that I had been waiting for it was like something I had been missing and all of a sudden there was this recognition of oh there you are I've been looking for you and I wasn't even aware of this and um since then I just I suppose the cards became a huge part of my life I started playing with them I started giving readings with them and it kind of all just snowballed from there so Again, as a kid, I was always um, into nature. I always wanted to be outside. I was fascinated with crystals. But then I think tarot kind of sealed the deal for me. (laughs) Brilliant. And that's a great story. I love the fact that your mum gave you the cards. And as you said, um, it was a surprise for you as well. And I know that when we first met, um, one thing that I loved was that you were bringing into the magazine that you work for this whole side of you know the alternative or the complementary therapies and treatments which was I just felt it was such a brave move because it's not something well this was a few years back so it was probably quite new to the magazine at the time Mm -hmm. and it was probably you were probably putting yourself out there a bit so it was very brave for you to step forward and to do that. 
Mm. Yeah, I just, I feel like there's so much value in uh, holistic therapies. And I feel that if, if, if more people were just aware of the benefits, uh, it could affect their lives in such a positive way. And one thing as a journalist, um, I deal in truth and I was, there's so many misconceptions about this kind of work. So for me, it was so important for me to show people, well, actually, no, it's not like that. And uh, to give, I suppose, therapists a platform so they could tell their own story without maybe, um, without maybe being previously judged by some of the misconceptions and stereotypes that are out there. Mm. Yeah, and I think that the more we bring the information to people, the more we bring the facts and give people choices and say, well, look, here is, you know, this treatment, here is what it's done, here is how it works. And Mm -hmm. then you have a choice to go out and to try it. And a lot of people, don't they're not even aware of what's out there. I remember when I started doing Reiki, a lot of people would be like, oh, is that like with the feet? And I was like, no, that's reflexology. (laughs) Yeah. It's just bringing that um, knowledge and that awareness to a greater audience so that they can Mm. make informed choices. Mm. Um, So you, like, I want to go into the tarot side of it because you have much better knowledge than I do. Um, So... Is there, like, what's the difference between, you know, oracle cards or angel cards and tarot? You know, how do they work or what do you find is the difference? Is there a difference in energy or the way that you use them? Okay, well, um, there are so many differing opinions about this. Uh, so all I, all I can offer is my own. And what I believe is, um, I would say tarot and oracle of of the three options would be the most similar to each other. So tarot tends to deal in um, archetypes. So in tarot, especially in the trump cards or the major arcana, we see these universal archetypes that apply to human life. So we see cards like um, the magician, the fool, the lovers. And on on a subconscious level, these are all archetypes that we can relate to. Um, Whereas with oracle cards, they're not as tied to these archetypes. So I would see... um, Oracle cards as being a much more intuitive tool. So I would always say to people, if you want to become an intuitive reader, nearly it's almost better to begin with oracle cards. And then um, you have angel cards, which are on the completely other end of the spectrum. So angel cards, as you know, they work with the angels. Uh, the energy is very, very light. It's very beautiful. But um, I find myself personally the answers that I get from angel cards would be completely different to the answers that I would receive from oracle cards or tarot cards. Um, I find that with angel cards, you get a much broader overview of situations. You get almost like um, inspired divine information, which is fantastic. But um, if you really want to go into the nitty gritty of the situation, the everyday stuff that you're dealing with, I find tarot is a great way to do that. Um, I also find as well, in my own personal experience, a lot of people who maybe begin with uh, angel cards, eventually they will end up exploring other types of card readings, such as like oracle cards, or maybe even there are a few who go to tarot cards too. Yeah, it's funny you say that because when I work with angel cards, I do readings in different ways. I Mm. sometimes work with cards. I sometimes just tune into the person's energy and just see what's coming up for them. But I find when I'm working with cards, it's like, as you say, it's that like just energy of 
divine love and that always seems to be coming through and it's always like well love is the answer and (laughs) people want more in-depth detail and of course angel cards do give you more than just love but I do find there's this overarching theme of this just tremendous energy of love that comes Mm. through when I work with them and sometimes I go back to people and I say look this is what's coming up and you know, it's like this, like energy is behind you and this power and it's so beautiful. They're like, yeah, but tell me, am I meant to do this or am I meant to do this? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I think that's such a good distinction because that's exactly it. People, sometimes they come to me and maybe they might not be familiar with tarot. And I know that tarot gets a bad rep in the media. I'm really trying to change the view that people have of tarot cards because often people associate tarot with that horror film they saw one time and the old woman in the back of the shop throwing cards and the death card and things like that. Um, So they'll originally come to me and they'll ask maybe for angel cards, which of course I'm happy to do. But then when they're getting these beautiful um, messages, very spiritually focused messages about their path and their purpose, when really they're like, I just want to know when I'm going to meet someone or I just want to know, should I leave my job? (laughs) Then I usually then would say, okay, well, look, maybe tarot would be the best option to tell you these more kind of mundane sort of things. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because it can be like stuff that's coming up that's related to, you know, childhood or past lives, as you say. Yeah. People are like, well, I'm not really too interested in that, but that's like something deep that needs healing in order for like that domino effect to kick in. Because Mm -hmm. once that's healed, then it heals so many other areas and people don't realize it. They think, the situation in front of them is what they're dealing with when in fact it actually could have its root in something completely different. Completely and I try especially in my own readings I try to do that in that and when people come to me I try and say look you'll get your nitty-gritty stuff but the tarot is also going to show you the more kind of uh, overarching themes that you really need to look at um, so many people think that a tarot reading is about when you're going to meet the tall dark handsome stranger but I find it's so much deeper than that it really is like it will show you patterns that you need to break maybe in order for you to bring in this relationship you really really want and it highlights these other areas yeah that's such an important point because I think sometimes we don't want to hear that we have to do the work and when it's like, okay, well, you have to do this work to break these thought patterns or to break this energy pattern. I was like, well, no, I just want to like, you know, the handsome, you know, tall dark handsome person (laughs) at my door. And yeah, I'm really passionate about that side of things because I do think that doing the spiritual work is such an integral part of it. Mm. Yes, the cards will guide us and yes, they will give us information as to what work we need to do. But ultimately, we have to then go and do the work and to follow through. And mm-hmm. it's not enough just to get a card reading and to think, okay, well, now everything's sorted. Do you find that? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I would always say to people, as well um, I think again there's a misunderstanding about the capabilities of a card reading um, a lot of people would come and they would think that everything I tell them is set in stone but I like to say to people you know 
you're the one who's in charge of your life. So the information that you receive, it's up to you what you decide to do with it. Like I could tell you, you could come in and I could tell you, oh, you're going to win the lottery. And then you could choose not to go out and buy a ticket. So I do try to make it clear that um, it's kind of a collaborative thing. You come in, you receive the information. And then if the cards are telling you that the only way you can call in say the career of your dreams is to maybe get serious about about looking for a new job and putting in the effort and brushing up on your skills and things like that and then you choose not to do it then it's not going to manifest so you got to do the work Mm. yeah absolutely and I love the fact that like you're so grounded but you're an intuitive card reader. So yeah. you, you're not just, you know, pulling out cards, you're using like your intuitive guidance mm. and that kind of sixth sense almost when you're doing the readings. And that can be like so integral to the reading because it's like your interpretation and what's coming through to you so how does that work yeah I find it so interesting because if you put six intuitive readers in a row and you ask them what one character means you get six different answers completely so for me um I find it's very much the cards act as a starting point and then they kind of will spark the intuitive insights that will come in. So say, for example, if you came to me for a reading and you chose a card like the star, it would have one personalized meaning for you based on the intuitive energy surrounding it. But then if the next person came in and chose the exact same thing, it could be completely different depending on the energy that's around them. So um, I always say to people, that the cards are a small part of what actually takes place in the room. So I'm tuning into their own energy. Um, I receive an awful lot of uh, extra insights, I call them. So it goes way beyond a simple deck of cards. There's a lot going on. Yeah, and the cards are just one small part. And how do you work? Are you like visual or is it more feeling or is it a mixture of kind of things? Like what way does the information come through? Yeah, it's a complete mixture of things. Um, An awful lot of the time I would be visual and I would get, um, I suppose, flashes of um, maybe people, places, things. Um, I also would just get really strong feelings about things. And then I sometimes I'll hear names or I'll hear important dates for people. Um, so it's kind of happening on all levels. And, um, I always have to explain to them um, if, if I look like I'm not listening to you for a second, it's three just because there's, there's a lot of stuff coming through. <laughs> so just yeah. give me a minute. <laughs> I find that as well with healing. So Sometimes when you're working with somebody and there's so much information coming through that at the end of the session, I'm trying to remember everything that's come up. And like that, I would like get visual things where like sometimes like I remember getting like a visual of like Homer Simpson, but it's like my interpretation of what that means. It's like, oh yeah, that means this and that relates to that. (laughs) Yeah, of course. When you're telling people this and it's like, you know, you're thinking you're mad and then they totally like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I always make a point of when someone comes in, I will say to them, look, I I get this extra information. It's a bit weird, but um, I you have the choice. I will give you these extra names, these dates that come up if you want, if you choose it, um, or I'm happy to keep it to myself because often I find sometimes the extra information, it can, it can, 
it can be so spot on, but maybe it might not be what that person needs to hear at that moment in time. So um, like, for example, if you get a name, perhaps it could be maybe someone who's recently passed for the person and maybe they don't want to talk about that. So I try to be very considered in how I approach the extra stuff because for me, I want people to feel empowered. I want them to feel happy when they leave a reading because I, I don't believe you should be leaving a tarot reading fretting over potential outcomes that might never happen. I want you to be empowered to go out and to live the life of your dreams and live your best life. So I always would give people the choice. And people always say to me when they come in, they go, um, you're going you're gonna, to like just not tell me anything bad. And again, that's another misconception about tarot. And I'm like, I've been reading these cards for nearly 20 years now. I have never seen anything bad. I see growth, which can be difficult, but I've never seen anything bad. And personally, I don't believe that you can predict horrible things like deaths illness I don't believe you can predict those with tarot cards yeah and I also think that there are so many timelines like the timeline that we're on Mm. isn't you know predetermined there are so many options and and you know I was talking on a recent podcast about how you can change timelines and I must go into that in more detail because I do think that yes the cards will give you the most likely option but there are definitely other options. And Mm -hmm. if we continue doing the same things, being the same person, acting the same way, then it's likely that that will play out. But Mm -hmm. if we change our behavior, our patterns and do things differently, then there's so many other likely, you know, scenarios that can play out as well. Mm, Yeah, completely. I love the fact that you were saying you want to empower people and for them to leave feeling good and feeling empowered because I do think there is that kind of misconception of, oh, you'll go to a tarot reader, as you said, and come out with, you know, some horrible news of something horrible that's going to happen. Mm. And I know I have been for readings when, you know, I, in the past, I would, was just curious about it and having a perfectly, you know, lovely reading and, not experiencing that and Mm. I think it's probably the case with most readers they don't try to scaremonger they don't they're just you know open to whatever is coming up Mm. and so I do think that's an important thing to note and to let people know that you're empowering them and as you said you know there may be some things that people maybe don't want to hear but I always think that the stuff that comes up even if it's something that in the moment they may shy away from. Maybe they'll have a few hours or a day or a week to think about it. And as it kind of sits and grounds into their consciousness, they'll realize that it has come up for a reason. And Mm. that reason has been to benefit them. Mm -hmm. So you are known as Empress and Star on Instagram and I just wanted to go into how that came about and the significance of Empress and Star in that card, because I don't know much about the cards and their meaning. So if you can explain that meaning to us. Sure. Um, So um, the Empress and the Star are two cards that come from the Major Arcana, which are the trump cards in the deck. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to call myself, um, I wanted to choose cards Um, that would represent the kind of energy I aspire to in my readings. Um, So for me, the Empress is such a beautiful card. It's all about like 
it's all about I suppose learning how to accept yourself and to love yourself fully seeing yourself as being already whole and understanding that uh, in truth you already are whole and none of us are broken we're all exactly how we're supposed to be and um, it's about such having such uh, self-acceptance and self-compassion that you are then able to create the kind of life of your dreams and the star is very much about uh, choosing to see the brightness and the goodness in everything so I want to help people to uh, first of all accept themselves love themselves be compassionate with themselves and to really not feel to not hold themselves back, to not feel fear when it comes to chasing those like deep held dreams that they have, because I believe everyone should be living the life of their dreams. You should be chasing these dreams. They were given to you for a reason. And um, yeah, and I just, I really just love the energy of both those cards. So I aspire to kind of bring that into my practice. Yeah, I'm so with you on that. And mm -hmm. that is something I'm so passionate about as well. And I do find, you know, working with students and clients, there's a lot of time where people have given up on their dreams or mm. they don't think it's possible for them or for whatever reason, they've just limited themselves, whether through, you know, thoughts, beliefs, life, you know, stuff that's happened. And I do so agree that we have been given these hopes and these dreams and all these things that we aspire to because they are there for the taking, because they are there for us. And when we decide to go for it, to go for our dreams, yes, it's not always easy, but it's always so fulfilling. And it's like you just expand more and more into the fullness of who you are. And that's what your soul wants. Your soul yeah. wants to experience everything. And it doesn't want to play safe and it doesn't want to stay in its comfort zone. It wants to expand into the fullness of who you are. So I love that that's where you're at and that's what you're empowering people to do. Yeah. Um, so you obviously have been doing this for a while. You have been reading cards and have been working with clients um, has there ever been, you know, people that you can't read or that, you know, stuff just doesn't come up for them or people who are harder to read or how does that work? Um, I find um, it, it, it's happened maybe once. Um, I find that uh, a lot of the people who would seek me out, they're, they're open because this is something they want to explore. And obviously, if you come in with an open energy, it's much, much easier um, to get the messages and to interpret what they mean for you. Um, the odd time I will get someone who will come in and um, maybe 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 it might not be they might not be ready yet for such a thing um I think I've said no to one person once and that was purely just because when the energy is closed then there's no point because you can pull cards but they won't make any sense so it's always best to kind of come in with an open mind and um yeah just just be open be open-minded and you're more likely to get a better reading yeah and it's the same with you know healing with energy healing I find that sometimes especially if it's the first time somebody's coming for a healing they're a little bit apprehensive they're like what's going on what's going to happen and I always explain what we're going to do 
but it may take like 10 minutes for them to start opening up like the start they may be a bit like kind of closed and then they'll start to relax into it and I always laugh because at the start of a healing session I always ask people you know what do you need healing for is there anything in particular that you want me to focus on and some people will come in like no no just to you know relax and really stress and then at the end I'll explain well this was coming up and you know I felt this and they're like oh that's so true and I didn't want to say it at the start and you know, <laughs> so I do find people kind of open up as it goes on but um <clears throat> yeah I wanted to talk about as well how you balance like working in a busy magazine and doing the readings and being a healer and you know having you know a lot of different things going on how do you balance that in your life um well tarot has always just been very much part of my life so like my own personal practice it kind of just slots in around the work that I do so like it's really integrated into my life like um in the mornings I will pull a card for myself set myself up for the day and um, in work in my day job I actually write write a tarot page every week so I pull cards during work uh, for readers of the magazine which I love and then um like it just I I find it they're so intertwined I can't separate the two and I think they both blend and they both complement each other like I think my my tarot my healing it helps me as a journalist and there's skills I've learned through doing my tarot and my healing that have certainly helped me when it comes to like interviewing people and things like that it certainly helped my communication skills it helped me to hold space for people when they're maybe sharing difficult things and I'm interviewing them and vice versa I know my journalism has helped my tarot and my healing so um, I can't really separate the two they just blend and I I wouldn't have it any other way I just I love love it like that's brilliant and Mm. I love what you say about how it's helped your you know interviewing and communication skills and just that Mm. intuitive side of things just bringing that into it because I think a lot of time people think and I know certainly it was the case for me when I was working in a corporate role it Mm. was like I didn't talk about the healing side of things and I didn't bring that into it because I just felt there wasn't really a place for it and I love that you're doing that that you're you know drawing tarot cards and writing you know (laughs) tarot readings and that you've been able to incorporate that and just bring what you love doing and of course you know journalism and writing that's so creative and a lot of the time you know you can kind of think oh well the two are separate but the way you've managed to merge it and to Mm. use both so beautifully together is brilliant and that you're able to use your skills and talents in work as well as outside of work that's just so lovely Mm -hmm. and one thing I wanted to touch on because I noticed on your Instagram you have that you're an INFJ and I it's funny because I recently did a test a personality test the same one and I came up with that same thing INFJ (laughs) and I was looking up I was so curious about it and um I was like, I remember somebody saying that there was some type, I can't remember what it was, but it was one of the more kind of not so common types. And I remember thinking, oh, I must look up where this comes in the scale of things. And when I did, it was like the top ones, I think there's about 16 different types. And um, it was like right at the bottom. And it was like, oh, 
So there's only like a certain amount of people who are this way. <laughs> so can you explain what it means and, you know, just all about the... Yeah, sure. So um, the Meyer-Briggs personality test is a super fun thing to do if you're ever online and you want to, I suppose, uh, dive deep and learn more about your personality because it is uncannily accurate. Um, so it's basically a personality profile. And um, you can go online, you can do the test for free, and it'll tell you uh, where you fall in this kind of personality of the 16 types. So um, I myself, I fall into INFJ like you, Sandra. And um, the INFJ is one of the rarest types. So I think, I think I read somewhere it affects roughly 1% to 5% of the population, if that. And um, basically, it's characterized by being, um, I suppose, more introverted, um, more uh, empathic, and really, interestingly enough, super intuitive. <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of, I find that um, when I did the test myself, like, it made so much sense to me. Um, they say that perception is the INFJ's superpower and I'd certainly consider myself a perceptive person. I feel like I kind of pick up on things or notice things in my environment that maybe other people wouldn't. And um, weirdly enough, a lot of people who are drawn to practices like healing, like angel cards, like tarot cards, any kind of intuitive art form, a lot of them are usually INFJs, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Mm. yeah and it's and recently I did an episode we were talking about highly sensitive people yeah. and um I just found that it's so interesting because I would be you know in that kind of um region where like I would have like those sensitivities but yeah as you say that perception and being able to perceive things that's going on mm. and just the energy and I'd often find like everybody has that ability to, yes. you know, one degree or another. And everybody knows like if there's been like an argument or something when you walk into a room and you can sense that tension. But yeah, I would find that even if there hasn't been an argument, even if there's just like an underlying, you know, tension or something that I'll pick up on it. And what I found difficult was like being able to pick up on it, but being able to detach from it as well. Mm -hmm. And I found that I used to like take on all of these things and, you know, just not be able to separate from, well, that's their stuff or I don't need to be feeling this on such a visceral level. Mm. And I don't know if you find that. Do you find, are you able to detach when you're perceiving all that stuff in your environment? Um, one of the best things I ever did was um, when I was studying for my Reiki, when I did my Reiki level one, um, my wonderful, wonderful teacher taught, taught us um, a simple protection prayer, I guess you could call it, as a way to sort of shield yourself from outside energies. And that is something I have to do every day because otherwise if I'm just, if I'm on the loose going into work, I find I pick up on other people's emotions, whereas this kind and, uh, I visualize myself um, surrounded by like blue light of protection and it kind of helps me to kind of shut it down and um, with regards to, to I suppose getting um, it's one thing to get loads of lovely extra information when you're reading for a client but it's very difficult when you're like doing your shopping doing your groceries and you start to pick up extra information so um, I kind of 
a kind of careers and sort of energy protection methods. I am at a point now where I can turn it on or turn it off. And I totally advise anyone who is hyper-perceptive, hypersensitive to learn how to do that just because mm-hmm. it, it will keep you sane. And I, yeah, I do a huge amount of protection. I also find mm-hmm. at the end of every day, I always cut negative ties. Yeah. Um, and that really helps. But what I found was I was getting to a point where, you know, the bubble of kind of light around me, it was like it wasn't enough. And luckily, um, a friend of mine who's a healer, I was talking to her and she was saying about working with, um, you can use a like eight pointed star. And it's funny, shortly after I was talking to her about this, it also came up when I went to a seminar with Lars Mull and he was mm. saying the exact same thing. And what you do is you call on the archangels and you ask Archangel Michael to stand to your right, Archangel Gabriel to your left, Archangel Raphael behind you, Uriel in front of you, the Holy Spirit above and below you and Jesus Christ within your heart. Mm. And I just find that so beautiful because I find even if I do that every morning, I do it before healings, I do it, you know, all the time. And I just have all of these angels surrounding me. And I think it's so beautiful. And it's just like that extra layer of protection. Um, But on the other hand, I'm kind of of the opinion that, yes, we need to protect our energy. But there's a side of me that thinks that, you don't need to protect yourself because um, it's kind of like that paradox. The universe is so full of paradoxes. And in metaphysics, it talks about, you know, the all and how we live in the all. And the all is, you know, God or love. And if we're living in love and if we're, if there's nothing but love, then everything else is an illusion. So you're protecting yourself from this illusion. But if you buy into the illusion, then you need to do protection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's kind of like weighing up. It's like, okay, am I buying into it? Am I believing that there is other energy? And of course, on some level, there is that belief. So like, okay, so I'll do the protection. But on another hand, we just live in pure love. But again, it's like a balancing act. And yeah. there's always that paradox. So If anybody listening is interested in using tarot cards, if they've never used them or maybe they've just kind of tried briefly, how can they learn to work with them? How can they begin to start using them in their life? Well, uh, the first thing I would say is um, don't buy into the old wives' tales. Like I said before, if you want to learn tarot cards, don't sit at home waiting for someone to show up on your doorstep and gift you a deck um, go go out actively go out and get yourself a deck of tarot cards um, and I would say the type of deck is so important um, you really need to have a deck that you resonate with so look for a deck that um, has images that inspire you something that kind of provokes an emotional reaction in you there's a school of thought in tarot that you should start with a standard Rider Waite Smith deck and that's a fantastic beginner's deck but I would say just go out look at the Rider Waite but also look at the other kinds and choose the one that kind of makes you excited and then I would say because I'm an intuitive reader I would say the best thing you can ever do is to throw away the instruction book that you get and I know a lot of people some people they don't believe this but I believe if you want to read tarot from a truly intuitive standpoint start there go through the deck every day look at the cards 
take note of what you feel when you see cards like the magician, the star, what's your gut reaction? Because I can tell you now your gut reaction will be bang on the money because like the intuition is the most important tool when it comes to reading tarot. So the more, the sooner you can start to develop that, the more uh, accurate, the more insightful your readings are going to be. So I would say, take your time, do that. And then maybe after you've sat with the cards intuitively for a couple of weeks and you've come to your own conclusions, then you might like to take up a book. I'd highly recommend anything by um, Mary Kay Greer. She's she's just a legend in the field. She's fantastic. Uh, anything by Rachel Pollock. Um, just, just the most important thing is get a feel for the cards and come to your own conclusions. Then seek out expert advice. That's brilliant. And mm. it's funny you say that because I think, well, my in kind of understanding was that you need to go and learn and to, you know, study what the cards are about and to mm. really kind of like study their meanings. But the fact that you said, just throw away the book, don't do any of that, just go with your intuition. I think that's brilliant. And it's such mm. great advice. And it's funny because that's what I do when I'm using any of cards. I would always go with my first gut impression and mm. that is always so accurate and maybe after I've kind of like gone with all of like the things that have come up for me I might look at you know what's written in the book yeah compare and see and sometimes I will read the description and think well no that's not you know what's coming up at the moment um but yeah it's like just going with that first impression and just trusting that because I think trust is a big part of it when you think that oh I'm not intuitive or I'm not this or I'm not that and you have to really start trusting those feelings and they can be really subtle at times mm. so it's like practicing and just getting a feel for how you receive information because as you said you get it in you know visual or you might hear a name or different things but some people have you know that claircognizance where it's just like that knowingness or you know it, there's like clairaudience or clairsentience the feeling so yeah just getting it to know how you interpret and how you get the information so if somebody wanted to work with you, if they want to go for a reading, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to work with you? Well, I would say um, at the moment, I'm currently in the process of building a website. Uh, it's not ready yet, but um, the best way to get in touch with me would be through my Instagram page. That's where I hang out. That's where I do like daily calls for people and sometimes do some free readings on there. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at Empress and Star, all lowercase. Brilliant. And so do you do remote readings or is it in person or a bit of both? A bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Where are you based if somebody wants to come to see you in person? I'm based in Dublin. In Dublin. Great. Yeah. Okay. So is there anything else that we need to know about tarot or anything else you'd like to add um, before we finish up? Um, just that tarot is such a fantastic tool. Like I can't, I can't even imagine where I would be if tarot hadn't come into my life when I was a teenager. Uh, tarot has helped me grow so much as a person. It's helped me to truly understand myself on a deeper level. And if it's something that you feel the pull towards, trust that intuition, trust that information, because maybe tarot could have 
like an incredible impact on your life too. So definitely trust the call if you get it. Brilliant. And I wanted to mention that on Instagram, I think it, do you do daily readings like you do. Yeah, I try to do daily readings. So I'll usually do a daily draw for like the collective energy. So, yeah. mm. And I find that sometimes I'll like open your Instagram page mm. and the reading, like it'll just call to me. There'll just be something that's like <laughs> relevant. And I love that because I don't work with tarot cards, so I have mm. angel cards, but sometimes lovely just to go and see what card you have drawn or, you know, what's come up that day. So I encourage people, if you want to follow Amy, go to Empress and Star on Instagram. I'll put a link to it below the show notes and you can find her there and connect with her there. So thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I've enjoyed this so much and I have opened up I might actually go out and get some tarot cards now <laughs> good good um, good so thanks very much Amy it's been lovely to chat with oh, you thanks Sandra lovely to talk to you too